Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the daily show where I go over the news of the day in the world of entertainment and pop culture. So that's movies, TV shows, occasionally video games, and even more occasionally comic books. So today there's been an awful lot of stuff go up on this on the website today. There's been a, a lot of news and just wanted to go over it with you and uh, kind of give my thoughts and also maybe get some of your thoughts in the comments. Uh, I'm Edward Lauder, I'm the editor of Small Screen and let's just get straight in with the first big news of the day and that's that the Fast and Furious franchise is going to end after two more movies. So that means we're going to get um, Fast and Furious 9 which is coming out supposedly next year and Fast and Furious 10 and then Fast and Furious 11 which is kind of interesting because this this is um, a movie franchise that has been around for an awful, awful long time and it's kind of changed drastically over the course of its time with us. It, it started off as this kind of B-movie, um, kind of quirky uh, car movie, basically, with Vin Diesel and uh, Paul Walker in it. And now it's kind of become like the car version of the Avengers. It's like a... I often call it a telenovela because I actually think it is very much in line with telenovelas because ridiculous stuff happens in it. But it's kind of like a superhero franchise now. The stuff they do in cars is just utterly ridiculous. It's really, really good fun, though. Um, The other part of this news is that Justin Lin is in talks to direct the next two movies. He's directing this one and he's directed a couple previous to um prior to fast and furious 9 or f9 as as it's being called in the u.s so this is kind of sad but also kind of i suppose it can only go on for a certain amount of time really i mean 11 movies in a franchise like this is massive uh you do wonder what vin diesel is going to do next because this is his big franchise what's going to happen with the um, hobson shaw spin-off movies are they going to continue because uh, it, it seems to me that those movies or well, that particular um, part of the Fast and Furious franchise might end up overtaking the main f- uh, Fast and Furious movies, which would make Vin Diesel very furious because, of course, there was uh, a very public kind of falling out between Vin Diesel and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They Apparently, uh, they're all OK now and they're going to be working together again. Also, who knows who's going to be in these last two movies? Uh, I mean, is Dwayne Johnson going to be in it? Is Jason Statham going to be in these last two movies? Are they going to bring back Gal Gadot, who was in uh, one of the movies? I can't remember which one. There are so many. She was in one of them. She was killed off. Will they bring her back? They're often bringing back um, <laughs> kind of people from the dead. I mean, it looks like Fast and Furious 9 is going to bring back uh, some characters from the dead as well so it's it's just one of those movie franchises that, that's been around with us for such a long time but has also kind of constantly reinventing itself so maybe this is like that movie franchise ending with the Fast and Furious movie franchise but then the Hobbs and Shaw franchise kind of taking off who knows what's going to happen it's a massive money spinner for Universal so I'm pretty sure they'll want to keep it going but um, it's just one of those one of those stories what do you guys think are you sad to hear about this? Are you kind of think that? Eh, I don't really care. Do you think it's the right time to end it in two movies? We are still getting kind of, if you count Fast and Furious 9, we're still getting three movies. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Moving on. 
Uh, on to our exclusive of the day, and that's that uh, we were told by sources that Caleb McLaughlin from um, Stranger Things is in talks to star as Static Shock in the DC Comics movie. This was um, this was pretty kind of like massive news for me because I'm a massive Static Shock fan. Um, if you haven't watched, I, I kind of grew up watching the cartoon, the animated series, and then that brought me into the comic books. But um, it's it's all about a guy called Virgil Hawkins, and he offers something really different for the comic, the DC Comics kind of movie universe. He's uh, in the at least, this is in the animated series. He's a fourteen year old kid, and he lives in Dakota City, um, and he ends up kind of joining a gang. And then there's this accident at a, um, a chemical plant, and some chemical containers explode. It releases uh, a gas, and then the gas um, causes the people there, including Virgil, to have mutations. And one of, well, I mean, Virgil's main mutation is that he can now absorb, create, ge- um, generate, and control electricity, and also magnesium. Uh, he can. He's also magnetic. That's the other thing he is. And he decides to become a superhero and call himself Static. But it's kind of like a quite a gritty. Well, not gritty, but it's um, what's the right word? I suppose that is the right word. It's kind of more stripped back. I mean, it's it's fun. I think it's really, really fun. I'm struggling to think of the word. There is a word that I want to say, but I'm struggling. But it's it's a really kind of fun and almost Spider-Man-like type of... Um, I, I know I don't... It's not probably that good to compare it to Spider-Man, but it's the only... It's that kind of version of, of the character... He's he's young. He's vibrant. He's energetic. He's he's um, he wants to protect his part of the city. It's very much that. It's very much set in Dakota City, and it's all about that. And it's like, and also he's having he, he feels uh, kind of great guilt because of his past and where he what I mean what he was doing there. He was that he was part of a gang, and it's like he's also having to deal with supervillains that were created in that accident because a lot of the others uh, in, involved in that accident also had got mutations and became metahumans. And I think they were known as the the um, Bang Babies, I think was what they were called. But it, the, the, whole, the whole thing was referred to as the Big Bang when um, a load of people got superpowers. A bit like in, in The Flash in the, uh, in the TV series, a bit, a bit similar to that. But anyway, according to our sources... Um, the DC, I mean, apparently, uh, Caleb has been in talks with uh, Warner Brothers to um, to start. He's actually apparently sent in an, an audition tape, and they were really, really, really impressed with it. So, uh, I've got um, I've got some some quotes from the sources here. Again, I always ask them if I can quote them directly, and if they say yes, then I do. If they don't, then I don't. If they say no, then I don't. Um, there are a bunch of actors being considered, but I can confirm that one, the one leading the pack is Caleb McLaughlin. He is um, he sent in an, an audition tape for the role, and everyone's talking about it. Very impressive. And then a separate source from um, this first one said that Michael B. Jordan and Reginald Hudlin, who's the who's kind of there, there. The, I mean, Michael B. Jordan is the is the producer of this movie. It was announced a couple of days ago are apparently very impressed with his audition and they want to take it further. So there are a couple of people that are in, in the loop um, that they're talking about, but apparently he is at the front of this pack and there's a very strong possibility that he could end up being cast as uh, Virgil, aka Static, well, Static, uh, 
in the Static Shock movie. And I think he'd be really good um, for the role. I think he's a really, really good actor. He's kind of starting to be in more things now. He's kind of going beyond Stranger Things. He's become very famous off the back of that, but he's a very talented actor in his own right. And I'm pretty sure he wants to expand and become you know more than just the guy from Stranger Things which is also always kind of a danger for younger actors they kind of become typecast and um, this would really I mean it's a superhero role who wouldn't who doesn't want a superhero role you know so I think I think it's really interesting that's why I ran with it today and uh, let me let me know what you guys think in the comments below do you think Caleb would make a good static uh, a good static shock do you think he's right for the role who else do you think could play Static Shock? There, apparently there are people in, in contention. He's one of them. And uh, let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. So the next story is all about the Batman. So when it comes to Batman, it's kind of... If you ask someone when do, do these Batman movies take place, so if you were to if you were if I were to ask you when did Christ, when did the Christopher Nolan Batman Batman movies take place when what what year, it's actually quite difficult to give an answer. It's very very difficult with the Tim Burton um, Batman films because they kind of take place in their own universe and they're kind of there's no real date you can give to that. You could probably say oh, it takes place in like the 80s maybe, but not really. It's kind of very different to our world. Yet it seems as though, um, and this is after a tweet uh, posted by comicbook.com's Brandon uh, Davis, uh, that the new Batman film, Matt, Matt Reeves' The Batman, is actually going to take place in the present day, more specifically in 2019. So I'll... I'll get the um, the tweet up. Uh, here it is. So for some reason it's not coming up now, but uh, here we go. <laughs> Sorry about this. Yeah. So according to uh, Brandon Davis, you can see here this is a picture taken on a, a taxi cab on the set of the Batman. This was in Chicago. And you can clearly see there that it says 2019. And um, I'll take us away from that. And that, to me, is kind of quite interesting for multiple reasons. But one of the main ones is that it actually gives a date to when this, uh, this Batman movie is going to take place, which is, I think, quite good. But also it means that this Batman, that Robert Pattinson's Batman, is actually going to be in a world that we will recognize as basically our own. And also it means that his technology will be very similar to the technology we have here and now, which is something that's never really been the case with the Batman films. They're kind of, I mean, I suppose you could say that the Michael, um, sorry, the uh, Val Kilmer and uh, George Clooney ones were kind of in a world that we could recognize, but also not really. But like, take the Christopher Nolan Batman films, those films, it's like the stuff that Batman has in that film, in those movies, the tech is just ridiculously kind of advanced and stuff. I mean, we probably do have it here, but it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not overly believable. Whereas all the stuff that we've seen, like we've seen, um, the, we've seen the Batmobile in, um, Matt Reeves's Batman and the, the bike, and they look kind of, just cool but quite quite kind of normal it's like they're not like he's not going around in the thing that um christian bell's batman was going around in you know that it's not that level 
And I quite like that because it means that it's, this movie is probably going to be quite stripped back, which is something that to me sounds quite interesting. This is also rumored to be set in the second year of of um, Bruce Wayne's time as Batman. So basically year two, which is a comic book that you should also read. It's a really interesting comic book. And um, and that also means that we're going to get kind of a, a raw version of Batman. It probably also means that we're not going to get Robin in this movie, which, to be honest, isn't <laughs> isn't a bad thing. But what do you guys think about this? Are you excited for the Batman? Are you? Do you think Robert Pattinson is the right man to play Bruce Wayne, aka Batman? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. This is kind of the the not weirdest news of the day, but the most kind of left field news of the day is that we're getting a Willow TV show. It's uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that um, it's kind of been rumored for a while. Like uh, Warwick Davis has been talking about this not well not non-stop but he loves to talk about willow um of course he was the lead in the original willow movie which was directed by ron howard and produced by george lucas and um apparently it's gonna ha it's gonna be directed by uh, crazy rich agents director um uh, blanky on his name uh, john who sorry john chu and uh according uh, there are a bunch of statements released about about this. I won't I won't read them all here, but it's happening. And Kathleen Kennedy actually specifically said that the reason they're doing this is because his pitch was so good. The idea that he he came to them with was so good. So it's got Ron Howard as a as um as a producer. He's not directing it. Um, and it's uh, the the pilot episode is going to be written by Jonathan Kasdan, who um, wrote uh, the solo movie that came out relatively recently. And according to John Chu, he was a massive fan of Willow growing up in the eighties, and he's um, it profoundly affected him. And it's something that he kind of took not just inspiration from, but also he he felt that there was a connection with Willow for him. So it looks like this is going forward. Uh, there's no news on how long this series will be or when it will be with us, but they're doing it. It's going into production. And Lucasfilm and Disney, they can do these things pretty quickly now. So it looks also that it looks like that Lucasfilm's going to be focusing, or not focusing, but also developing things aside from Star Wars, which is actually quite interesting because it's really been Star Wars-centric over at Lucasfilm. So I quite like this news because it means that they're thinking beyond Star Wars, which is good news, I think. Let's tell other stories that aren't in the Star Wars universe. You know, Lucasfilm uh, is a very talented studio and they, they can do lots more things other than Star Wars. So I'm happy for... I'm, I'm really happy about this. I'm also happy for Warwick Davis because he's going to be the lead in it again. And he's been wanting this for a long, long, long time. What do you guys think? Are you guys, are you guys excited for a Willow TV show on Disney Plus? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. The Boys creator has explained why he believes the MCU is dangerous. So, if you've been watching The Boys, The Boys is is um really fascinating and quite gory. It, like it's it's really really good it's an, an amazon prime uh, show it's brilliant it's something that i think everyone should be watching full disclosure i haven't finished season two yet i'm still trying to get my way through it but it is really really good and it's showrunner a guy called eric kripke was talking to the hollywood reporter and during this conversation they kind of of course got onto the um <laughs> 
onto superhero movies, which is The Boys is kind of the antithesis to superhero movies. It's one of those things. It's like, what what would it be like if people decided, you know what, we don't want these superheroes, also known as soups in the show. Let's just get rid of them. Let's kill them. <laughs> and that that's like the pitch. That that's the uh, as they say in America, the elevator pitch um, to this show, which was based on uh, a, a comic book um, a comic book series called The Boys by uh, Garth Ennis, who also wrote uh, Pre- uh, the uh, Preacher. Sorry. <laughs> And anyway, Eric Kripke told The Hollywood Reporter, it's a little bit dangerous to train an entire generation to wait for someone strong to come in and save you. That's, I think, how you get you end up with people like Trump and populists who say, I'm the only one who can come in. It's going to be me. And I think, by the way, that pop culture conditions people subtly. I think it's conditioning them the wrong way because there's just too much of it. So I think it's nice to have corrective, at least a small one in us to say, they're not coming to save you, hold your family together and save yourselves. So it's actually, I really like that quote because it is true. It's like nowadays we've got so many Marvel, you know, DC comic superhero movies. There are loads of them coming out now. And it's just, it's kind of too many. It's like one of those things, and it, and people, I mean, I look at what's happening in in the in the United States, for instance. Look at what's happening in in Russia as well, and places all over the world where there are populist leaders. There is an element of that, and um, superhero movies don't help. <laughs> that they they condition people to think that they will be saved by uh, a powerful, strong leader. But it's also something that's happened throughout history. So I, I don't think you can blame superhero movies really for that. I think that's that's a bit of a stretch, but I do understand what he means. Um, it's it's just one of those things. That he's I mean, he's, of course, he's kind of promoting his own show, which is like all against that. So I do understand where he's coming from in that respect. And I also understand what he means, but I do think it's a bit of a stretch to, to, to claim that, that superhero movies are conditioning people to think that they'll be saved by powerful leaders. People don't think they're going to be saved by superheroes because they don't exist. So in, a, in, our, in our world, that that's the truth. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of the boys also? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. Um, there was a, a trailer today for Raya and the Last Dragon. And that's um, Disney's new movie, which is coming out next year. And it's... Um, you got to watch the trailer because it's it's so so good. It, I will full disclosure the trailer gave me chills. It was it's one of those. I'm a big fan of these uh, Disney animated movies. I think they're really good fun, and I really liked Moana. Um, I love the Pixar films, but these are aside from Pixar. These are actually developed by Disney themselves. It's a you know different a different studio. It's being directed by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada, and um, it's going to it's. Um, Raya is voiced by Ke- uh, Kelly Marie Tran, who was in the Star Wars movies and um, famously got uh, bullied off uh, Instagram, which was really ridiculous. It's uh, an example of fandom just going completely berserk. <laughs> she had nothing to do with the, the the direction the character took in that movie in The Last Jedi. People really did not like her character in The Last Jedi and took it out on her, which is something that you really shouldn't do. But she's back uh, working for Disney again, and she's uh, she's voicing this this character. And judging by the trailer, 
she's like a really badass princess like it's it's um it's something it's kind of in the same slightly similar to a moana but she's she's actually a guardian of uh, a gem and she goes in search for the the last dragon who is actually voiced by i can never say her name i think it's aquafina but i probably said that wrong but yeah the the dragon's called sisu and she's she's voiced by aquafina who's uh, actually going to be in the eternals i believe but do go and check it out. The trailer is on YouTube. It's also on small screen if you want to go and check it out there. It's really, really good. This movie looks like just so much fun and I'm really excited to see it. Hopefully it'll come out in cinemas. If not, it might end up coming to Disney+. Plus. But let me know what you guys think of Raya and the Last Dragons trailer in the comments below. I'm moving through these pretty quickly because there's a lot of news to get through tonight. Um... And this next bit of news is something that I really did not see coming. So apparently, uh, Entertainment One is in the process of de developing a new Power Rangers cinematic and television universe. So apparently, we're going to get a whole load of new movies and TV shows all centered around the Power Rangers. So think back to 2017, we got a Power Rangers movie that didn't do particularly well at the box office, but it did have, I mean, I'm going to be like, again, full disclosure, I actually really enjoyed this Power Rangers movie. I'm a bit, I mean, I grew up watching Power Rangers. I grew up watching a lot of stuff that, you know, I probably shouldn't have, but Power Rangers was fantastic. I thought it was a really great show, but um there are lots of different ones. I'm, I was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the whole the whole way through. But according to Collider, Jonathan Entwistle, who's the person behind I'm Not Okay With This and The End of the Fucking World, or The Effing World on Netflix, he's the one that's going to be in charge of all of this. So think of him as the Kevin Feige of the Power Rangers cinematic and television universe which is kind of mad like that they're doing this, but I love the fact that they're doing this because we need something a bit different and there hasn't been enough Power Rangers. The 2017 movie was a dud uh, as far as um, box office was concerned. It did star uh, Dake Montgomery, who is brilliant in Stranger Things, and Naomi Scott, who's a really fantastic actress. Uh, they've gone on to do bigger and better things since then it's not quite clear at the moment whether these new tv shows and movies will tie in with that movie but i think not i think this is going to be a clean slate and they're just going to do something completely different they do this a lot in the power rangers universe they oft they often just restart it and come up with a new tv show that's completely different to the one that came before it and that's why it gets a bit confusing but according to them they're all really excited for it and uh it's it's something that, I mean, um, Entwistle said in a statement, this is an unbelievable opportunity to deliver new Power Rangers to both new and existing generations of awaiting and adoring fans. We'll bring the spirit of analog into the future, harnessing the action and storytelling that made this brand a success. I'm looking forward to working with the teams at E1 and Hasbro, which is the company that owns Power Rangers. Together, we can't wait to share more Power Rangers with the world very soon. So there was like a rumor back in 2019 that uh, Entwistle had signed on to direct a Power Rangers movie. Apparently he's going to direct all of these movies and TV shows. That's 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 the news. Um, it was also revealed that uh, a, um, the writer of Peter Rabbit 2 was working on a script and that the script saw the Power Rangers travel back to the 1990s and then have to return to their own time. 
it's not known yet whether this script is the script they'll go with for the movie or the TV shows. Maybe not. Maybe they're working on other stuff, but who knows? Are you excited for this? Are you excited for a Power Rangers cinematic universe? I kind of like that. I think that's quite cool. But let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. Jamie Foxx is doing another Netflix movie. Yeah, he just... uh, It was a couple of months ago we saw um, Project Power released on Netflix. He's doing another um, Netflix movie. This one's going to be called Day Shift and he's going to be a vampire hunter in it. And it's come is coming from the one of the directors of John Wick. Um, I can never say his last name though. Chad today Tahelski, Stahelski. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know, but he was um, he was one of the co co directors of John Wick, and then he's gone on to direct a whole load of other things. But he's going to be the producer. Of, of this uh, movie and it's actually going to be directed by a guy called JJ Perry who's actually quite famous in his own right this is his direct this will be his directorial directorial debut but he's um was he worked before as a second unit director and a stunt coordinator so this will be the second time that we've seen what one of the people kind of involved with like a John Wick movie or an Avengers movie make a Netflix action movie uh extraction I'm blanking on the director's name now which is really annoying, but he um, he worked on the Avengers, and I believe he worked on John Wick as well. I'm not 100% sure on that. But anyway, Perry has worked on Fast and Furious 9, The um, the Fates of the Furious, Bloodshot, and also the John Wick franchise. So he's, he's someone that's really familiar with stunts and has obviously direct, already directed. But if you're a second unit director, you're basically already a director because you're directing scenes you're put in charge of scenes that I mean sometimes the director's not even on set and the second unit director is the one directing the whole thing you know running the whole show so I'm pretty certain that this will be actually really good the, the I wasn't a massive fan of Project Power I'm going to be honest I thought it was a bit boring I know but this actually sounds quite fun first okay so the whole the whole thing is centered around um Jamie Foxx's character who's uh, trying, he's trying to provide a good life for his eight-year-old daughter. He always has a daughter in these things. Um, And he has a pool cleaning job, which is actually a front for his real business, which is hunting and killing vampires. So it sounds quite pulpy, which I like the sound of this. I I like these sorts of films. They're completely up my street. But what do you guys think? Is this something that you'd be interested in watching? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. There's some more news. So one of my favorite, I mean, favorite is quite a strong word, but I really, really liked this movie. It came out in 2015 and it's a movie called The Man from Uncle. It's directed by Guy Ritchie, starring um, Army Hammer and Henry Cavill. And I thought this film was just brilliant. Yeah, it didn't do very well at the box office. It didn't do, actually didn't do very well with... um, (laughs) with critics for some reason people just didn't didn't really like the film they thought it was a bit I don't know I don't know why they didn't like it I'm going to be honest I thought it was a really good spy thriller and it was the film that I watched and remember watching and thinking Henry Cavill has to play Bond he just looked so good in that film but Army Hammer has actually recently uh he was talking to Collider again about the possibility of a man from Uncle 2 and he just was he loves the idea Uh, according I mean 
During this interview, he said, I would do another man from uncle in a heartbeat, like in a heartbeat. If someone wrote a really good piece of fanfic, I'd narrate it. If someone wrote an extremely good piece of fanfic, I would make sure that it got got to Guy and Lionel, Lionel Wigram, who's the producer of the film, and and be like, you guys need to read this, then give this to this and then give this person a co-writing credit because let's just get this movie made. Let's just do it. And hearing him say that, it just for it makes me excited, but also it kind of it's kind of slightly annoying because I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think they're ever going to be able to get everyone on board because the first film just didn't do very well at the box office. So is the is the demand there for a man from Uncle Two? From people like me, yes, I know a lot of other people that really like the film that would really love to see a man from Uncle Two, but it's kind of. I, I just don't think it would do well enough at the box office. I don't think a movie studio would be like, you know what? Yeah, let's go for it. Because may, maybe like on a Netflix or something like that, but I don't, I don't know how the rights would work out. I think that might be a bit complicated. And um, I would, I mean, I'd love to see Army Hammer, Alicia Vikander and uh, and Henry Cavill all back to to be in A Man From Uncle 2 directed by Guy Ritchie. Because I actually think it's one of Guy Ritchie's best films in a long time. Although I did really like Aladdin. Yeah, I did really like Aladdin. And also apparently The Gentleman's really good. And I haven't I haven't seen The Gentleman, but apparently that's really good. But it's one of those films that it's like you can just tell from the very beginning that it's made by Guy Ritchie. It's got that Guy Ritchie sheen all over it, which is kind of sometimes it can get a bit uh, you know, I don't really want to watch this anymore, like Rock and Roller, I didn't think it was fantastic. But when it works, it really does work. And uh I think a man from Uncle Two would be great. But what do you guys think? Would you like to see a man from Uncle Two? Let me know in the comments below. So there are a couple more stories. Um, the last couple of stories are a bit more rumorish because um, that's just how, how the news cycle works. There are lots of rumors out there about things happening. Uh, the next story is uh, all about Marvel movie fans. Well, this is not so rumorish, but uh, apparently, according to comicbook.com, the Marvel movie fandom is desperate to see Charlie Cox return as Daredevil in Spider-Man 3. So, I've been talking a lot about Spider-Man 3 over the past couple of days because there's been, frankly, there's been quite a lot of news about Spider-Man 3. Uh, it was reported by various different people, by Fandom Wire, uh, by Popcorn Planet, that um, Spider-Man 3 would feature Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. I wasn't told this. I was told that they've signed on, but for a future movie, I mean, who knows? But apparently, according to comicbook.com, um, fans really want Charlie Cox to turn up as Daredevil in Spider-Man 3. We already know that Spider-Man 3 is going to feature um, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. It's going to feature Jamie Foxx as Electro. It's going to feature Tom Holland as Spider-Man. You know, Zendaya, the, the, the usual cast. But already, if you add... Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to the mix, it's already pretty full. Imagine what it would be like if you add Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock or Daredevil into the mix. It's, it's going to be very, very full. The thing is, having him involved in the movie would make so much more sense than having uh, the Garfield and Maguire's version of Spider-Man. Because we know from the end of Far From Home that Tom, um, sorry, Peter Parker is going to be in some legal difficulties because he's been outed as being Spider-Man by um, by J. Jonah Jameson. And, which was a fantastic end, by the way. It was such a good ending. 
and the beginning of the movie could very easily be like a courtroom drama <laughs> it's it's like that, that would be re- i think that would be quite interesting having a marvel movie we've already seen courtroom things happen in marvel movies before like uh tony stark was involved in a very small kind of uh, was it a courtroom proceeding i, I don't know but it, you know there was that sort of scene was done before but this would be different because this would be in my mind it would be peter parker trying to clear his name and matt murdoch would be his lawyer and matt murdoch would be played by charlie cox I love this idea. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think it will happen because Kevin Feige has made it very clear that he just wants nothing to do with the Marvel Netflix shows. Therefore, the next versions of Daredevil, Luke Cage, um, Iron Fist, we're going to get uh, Jessica Jones, hopefully, are going to be played by other uh, other actors. We already have seen Mahershala Ali is going to be playing Blade, and he, of course, was the villain in Luke Cage. Brilliant villain, killed off way too early, by the way. So it's something that I I would like to see as well, and I can understand why fans really want to see this happen, but the fact of the matter is I don't think Kevin Feige would let it happen. I don't think he's interested, which is sad. It, It is kind of, I mean, personally, I would love to see it happen, but I just don't think it is. Sorry, guys. What do you guys think? Do you, would you guys like to see this happen? Again, this is just my opinion. I'm just, I am just speculating, but this is based on knowledge of Feige and things he's done in the past, and the fact that he's already planned out his the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is Charlie Cox going to be part of that? I don't think so. I don't think Daredevil's going to be part of that. I think he'll be probably further down the line, hopefully. You really do hope that they'll bring in Daredevil at some point because he's such a great character. And also he has links to Spider-Man and uh, I think it would work in a Spider-Man movie. But whether or not they do it, we're going to have to wait and see. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. So this next story is a rumor and uh, it comes from We Got This Covered and they are claiming that Dwayne The Rock Johnson really wants to bring Tom Cruise into his Black Adam movie. But specifically, they claim that it's a sequel that he wants to bring him in for. Again, this is a rumor. It's just, it's kind of a bit ridiculous because imagine a movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Tom Cruise. It would be two basically headline actors in one DC Comics movie. That'd be really expensive as well. But Tom Cruise at the moment is very busy doing his Mission Impossible movies. So will he have the time? Uh, I think so. And also, who would you cast him as? So I was thinking about this and I was like, well, there'd been lots and lots of rumors that he was going to be cast as Green Lantern, specifically Hal Jordan. And um, personally, I actually I actually really like that idea because I think he'd make a really, really good Hal Jordan. And I like the, I like the idea of a Green Lantern movie in which he is like the older Green Lantern and um, he's kind of having to mental uh john stewart and uh john stewart would then become the next green lantern i quite like that idea i like having both um i like have the idea of having both uh, hal jordan and john stewart in one movie and i like the idea of tom cruise playing hal jordan i think he's one of the actors that could do a very good job the problem is i don't think he's interested um i also think he's quite expensive and i think the dc comics kind of movie universe already has i mean already having dwayne the rock johnson play black adam is a big deal because he's he's a you know he's a big name but he's also quite pricey 
Yeah, the other the other characters they're played by. I mean, you know, I suppose you do have Ben Affleck playing Batman. You've got Robert Pattinson now playing Batman and stuff like that. But I just think I just see Tom Cruise as the kind of actor that wants to make everything. I know this probably sounds quite bad, but he want he he likes to be in control. <laughs> and I don't I don't know whether Warner Brothers would really be okay with that. I think they I think there would be a power struggle. And I especially think there'd be a massive power struggle if you have Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Tom Cruise in one movie. I just think there's that's too much. That's that's too much kind of man actor. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think it would work. But I do love the idea of Tom Cruise being cast as Hal Jordan. What do you guys think? Would you guys like to see Tom Cruise in the DC Comics universe? Would you like to see him in a Black Adam movie? Let me know in the comments below. So... The final news, the final bit of news today is is to do with uh, something I discussed actually a couple of days ago, probably yesterday actually, um, is that it's all to do with uh, Chris Pratt and him being cancelled <laughs> or people trying to cancel him on Twitter. And actually today, uh, his Marvel co-star and colleague and friend, Robert Downey Jr. came out in support of Chris Pratt. He actually uh, posted uh, on Instagram a picture of him with Chris Pratt filming what I believe to be uh, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, uh, no, yes, yes, Avengers Infinity War. And um, he was basically kind of, he's quite, he sounds really pissed off. I'm going to say he's, he's very pissed off with, uh, with people online trying to cancel Chris Pratt. And this is this, I'll put it up. This is what he said, he said, what a world. The sinless are ca uh, casting stones that my brother, Chris Pratt, a real Christian who lives by principle, has never demonstrated anything but positivity and gratitude. And he just married into a family that makes space for civil discourse and just plain facts. Fact insists on service as the highest value. If you take issue with Chris, I've got a novel idea. Delete your social media accounts. Sit with your own defects of character. Work on them. Then celebrate your humanness. Then he added Pratt in it and uh, hashtag got your back, back, back. Um, so I mean, this whole Chris Pratt thing is kind of, kind of, was blown out of proportion. I think really, it's all started from a, a tweet from a, a woman called Amy Berg, who was literally just kind of. I think it was a bit of a joke, just being like, which Chris would you get rid of out of the famous Chris's group? Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans is the last one I was thinking. Which one was the last one then? And then it kind of blew up and people got a bit carried away, I think. And then it ended up with people just saying, yeah, cancel Chris Pratt because, I mean, I, I spoke about this yesterday and I just wanted to, I mean... Robert Downey Jr. is a big voice in Hollywood. Uh, he's, you know, he played Tony Stark. He was Iron Man. He he kind of was the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a long time. He's one of the biggest names in Hollywood. Uh, one of the most recognizable faces of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And just him coming out in support. There was a lot of a lot said uh, about uh, Chris Pratt not attending a, a Joe Biden rally that all the other members of the Avengers did. Again, it's all to do with political beliefs and I'm pretty sure like it's it's obvious Chris Pratt's not not a Democrat but that doesn't mean you should cancel him and it's like he <laughs> just uh, immediately uh, assuming that he's a Trump supporter 
And there are a whole lot of other reasons, you know, his, his suppose his links to his church in, in, in LA and things like that. But it's just like, after a while, I think, I think, can, I think just cancel culture in general is terrible. And it doesn't give, it, it doesn't give um, space for nuance or, or different ideas or just, or just discussion in general or yeah it's it's not it's not good it's it's not good for people's mental health the people involved in it the people who are being cancelled is terrible and it's just something that we have to be really 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 careful about and twitter is a great place for lots of things but it's terrible for that and um i think i'm, I'm actually really glad that robert danny jr came out in support because i don't think anyone else did <laughs> and that was that was also kind of building up kind of tension i think and people kind of thinking oh why why have none of the other marvel actors come out in support of him but he's the biggest i think he's the biggest one and if actually all the other chris's could come out in support of chris pratt that would be really i think really good what do you guys think what do you guys think about this whole chris pratt being cancelled thing let me know in the comments below and on that note i'm going to end tonight's stream Thank you so much for watching. Again, I'm Edward Lauder. You can follow me at EJ Lauder. You can follow Small Screen everywhere, online, on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Small Screen GB. You can also write for us if you're a fan of the site and you love talking about pop culture. You can email um, the website at hello. Uh, hello at small-screen.co.uk uh, send me pictures i've had loads of brilliant pictures and loads of brilliant articles up on the site we have fantastic writers and i say that every time but i really mean it i'm i feel very very i'm humbled by how many people have written and how many people have written brilliant stuff and how many people want to write for the site it's really really fantastic and i'm just uh, i'm overwhelmed and it's it's, it's just wonderful and if you want to subscribe as well you can do that as well and this i release this as a podcast as well every um, couple of hours after this is uh, live and if you don't like watching videos or you know on youtube or facebook you can listen to it in audio form and that's uh, at small screen stories everywhere where you get your podcasts thank you so much for watching and listening and i'll see you back here tomorrow thanks goodbye